look, uh, ball player, ball player, no watching from the side, said that you got him next, well go ahead and show him why, no limits in the sky, go ahead and take your shot, this one is for the city. What's up everybody, welcome back to another episode of Up Next, where we bring you who's up next in youth sports and talk to major players in the game, both on and off the court. But occasionally we bring you someone who's here doing it right now. And today is one of those days. We got a special, special, special guest. Uh, you all know who she is. Epiphany Prince, WNBA champion, guard for the Seattle Storm, two-time WNBA All-Star, started Rutgers, and of course is a New York City product, went to Murray Bertram in the city. What's going on, Epiphany? Hey, what's up, y'all? Hold up, hold up. Before Piff goes, let me add on to that. Okay, add on, add on. Jamal, she's the queen of Kings County. Okay. She's the first lady of Fort Greene. Okay. And she's still a prince. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. She got it going on, no question. No question. No question. Bro- Brook- Brooklyn's own. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Yes. So what's up? What's it feel like to be a champion? Got to get that out the way. I mean, you already know, like, that's an unbelievable feeling, um... This is what we all work and play for. Um, I feel like it was long overdue, but I'm just happy that my moment came, you know? But also you did it, you know, under incredible circumstances, right? We, everybody's been talking about it uh, with the men in the bubble and how hard it was. You guys were in the wubble. Um, just, you know, same, same, same deal, basically. You know, same success you guys dealt with dealt with the pandemic and you know better than any other sports leagues you and the nba um also had the, all the social justice stuff that basically you guys started but tell us about that whole experience and you know if it, if you even if it added to to the championship in in your point of view um i think it kind of made it even more special um just being able to use our platform and and be a voice for the voiceless um I just, I feel like uh, being in a bubble or the wobble was, um, I won't lie, it was really tough for me. Um, I like to be able to be on the move and, and do what I want to do. And um, we were kind of, you know, restricted, but um, just my teammates, um, they were a great group and it was just fun to be around them and they made it very easy for me. You meant, you said it, made, it was tough for you from the outside looking in, you know, you, you can't really put yourself in those circumstances. So I always wonder like, how tough it really was. Like you, like you said, you couldn't go anywhere. Um, was that like one of the toughest things you had to deal with as, as a pro? Um, I think also like we really like did the same exact thing every single day. Then <laughs> right. um, like for me, I don't really like to eat out a lot. And um, I think like the last three, four weeks was the toughest for me because I had to move into the hotel and we had to order out every single day. So that was hard for me also. Mm-hmm. Wow. So like with anybody, like you, we, we have our freedom. We want to be able to do what we want when we want. And you couldn't there. Mm-hmm. Was your, was your partner right there with you? No, she was, she was outside. It was uh-huh. different too, because I feel like the men, they had an opportunity to bring people in whenever they, they wanted to, as long as they took the, um, you know, did the 14 day quarantine. But for us, it was two set dates. Either you come on the, in the very beginning or when the playoffs started and those days conflicted with what she had going on, so she couldn't come. Mm. You got you got another guest on the show right now. Um, <laughs> little dog. What, what kind of dog is that? A Yorkie. A Yorkie? Well, it's a yeah. he or she? He. 
What's what's his name? Kobe Bryant Prince. <laughs> wow. Ah, <look. laughs> there you go. <laughs> Number twenty-four. <laughs> he, must, he must be nice. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I have a dog too, Prince. Um Tiffany, um, I could never bring her on right now. She's a corso. And if I brought her on, this whole laptop would be in the, <laughs> on the floor, finished. So. She's like a lap dog, though. Like, he follows me everywhere I go. So yeah, we yeah, yeah. We would peace if I didn't let him come right here. I get it. I get it. So tell us about your career. Like, you, you started off in Brooklyn, obviously, at 113. And then you went to... You dropped over 100 points at Murray Bertram, breaking Cheryl Miller's record. Like, let's talk about that experience first. And I've always wanted to ask you about that game. Like, you know, if you can remember, what what what, what was going through your, your mind during that game? What was going on? I remember uh, my coaches, my AU coach and my high school coach, um, Apache and Mr. G, it was saying oh, like... God bless the dead Apache, yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, they were saying how... Kobe just scored 81 points and see if I can do it. So I went after it. All my teammates agreed. Like, they were in on it. Um, they helped me out. I wouldn't have been able to do it without them. Um, but um, I think I got 81 or 83, 83 in the third quarter. So I started to, like, try to pass the ball. So I was – because, you know, I don't, I didn't want anyone to say I was ball hunting. So I'm like, right. if I have an assist, they can't say anything. Right. But um, – after that, uh, my teammates and my coaches just was like, what are you doing? We're going for history. Keep shooting. So I I kept going, and I was able to get 113 and um, break the record. But it's crazy because I was really supposed to have um, 116. <laughs> but my teammates in three seconds. They called three seconds when I hit a three. But, right. you know, you just feel like everything happens for a reason. So, like, 113, I went to that junior high school. So, you, right. you know, so, like, Everything happens for a reason out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. 113 is in Fort Greene? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, yeah, 113 is like the school around here. Like all the <laughs> ball players go there. Uh-huh. By the way, Tiffany was with me with the bridge. She worked right. out with the boys as well and was one of the best. I'm sure. Um, I had a PS57. I couldn't believe how good she was. So uh-huh. I'm not uh-huh. surprised by any of this at <laughs> all. I was just talking to my cousin about that. I was like, everybody was going to Brooklyn USA. I wanted to go to Brooklyn USA. They didn't. They didn't give me a chance, but Coach Green gave me a chance because you know yeah. like, I don't feel really like like talking and stuff. So he he told me about your podcast. I was like, I gotta do it for Coach Green. He first one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you team. You know what I mean? So appreciate, I appreciate that love. What, what was the What was the final score? Like, how much How much did the whole team have when you had one thirteen? You remember? Uh, I want to say probably like 140 something. Okay, okay. They did a little something. They did a little something. But like people don't understand like in the PSAL, for us, Murray Bertram, there was at that time, I don't know how it is now. Um, you know, we're not as good as we used to be now, but there was really no competition for us. Right. So I think it was during that year too. I was like top three in the country. Um, but the previous year I was number one and I dropped. And they said I played down to my competition, right? So this is when I really feel like I realized that you can't please anybody, you know? I, I played down to my competition. Or if I if I destroy my competition, I was going to get criticism. Anyway. Right. So that's right. I, I think I learned that in high school at that moment. Really? Right. What made – okay, so you went from – you won how many – you won all – you won four PSLs? Yes. 
Okay. And how many states? Two. Wow. But we want one national too. Nice. And then and then you chose Dr. Vivian Stringer, correct? And Rutgers. Yeah. Talk about that process. Who else was recruiting you, and what made you choose Rutgers? Um, it was at the time um, Maryland, UConn, LSU, um, really a lot of schools, but. I chose Rutgers because I just felt really comfortable with Coach Stringer. Um, felt like she would be able to get me to the next level and turn me into a woman, you know. Um, I just felt really extremely comfortable with her. Then, you know, Kia was going there, play AAU with Kia. So I just had that connection. And then um, with the, the players there, Essence, McKee, they uh, kind of took me under their wing early, even during the recruiting process, and it made me feel comfortable. And then I felt like it wasn't too close to home, but it wasn't too far either. If I ever got homesick, I can always just go home and, and get that up too. Right. Was that the year, um, were you there when Doc, um, what's that, uh, Don, Don Imus made that, that remark? Yeah, that was my freshman year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so for the, for the audience, Don Imus made a remark saying nappy-headed something, yeah, I'm not gonna go into it, very disrespectful towards black women. So, you know, talk about how Coach Stringer walked y'all through that or, you know, your reaction to that. Um, Coach Stringer always just wanted us to know that we were beautiful women um, in top of the class. She never wanted us to feel like secondhand citizens. So, like, if she ever felt like we were disrespected, she made sure to go out her way to, to make us feel comfortable and to also take care of that situation. So when that happened... Um, we had like a couple team meetings and just sort of reassure us that like, you know, like we're queens, you know, and we're beautiful and, and not to take what he said. He was just the ignorant uh, radio uh, host at the time. And um, I think that she handled the situation really well um, with everything. We had a meeting with him. Uh, he apologized to us. Uh, we were on Oprah too, so that was pretty cool. And, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I just think that she guided us through that whole thing. Right, right, right. Just staying on that, like, what was it like just playing for for Vivian Stringer? You know, she just seems like such a such a huge figure, almost similar to to like John Thompson on the on the men's side. Like, what was it? What was it like playing for her? I mean, it was good. Like, just from the first day we walked in the practice. I was a sponge. I was I was trying to soak everything up because um, I feel like a lot of my my uh, success came off of just like my talent. You know, I didn't really know the game, and once I got there, I feel like she really taught me the game and um, she stayed on. She'll stay on you. She pushes you to the maximum. Some days you cry. Sometimes some days you want to fight her, but she gets the best out of you. You know what I mean? So I'm really grateful to her for that. And you guys stay. You stay in contact. Yeah, we always send each other text messages. You mentioned, of course, the 113-point game, the 113 game. Um, you know, what What are some of your, like, other memories, your other great memories from from the time, you know, your time in youth basketball? You know, as you know, this podcast, you know, we're, we focus on youth basketball. So I'm just curious, you know, what are, what are your, like, best memories of playing ball growing up, um, you know, whether pre-high school, high school, AAU, you know, what, what are some of the things you really remember? Um, I think I have a lot, honestly, because uh, I play, I feel like I played in every tournament in New York City growing up. Um, 
every weekend just driving from one tournament to the next, mm-hmm. all the different boroughs. Um, I think for sure me playing in high energy um, in elementary school, to me, was big because I felt like I was dominating the boys. Like, uh, me and, and Wingate? Is that no, Wingate? Was, no, 113. 113? High mm-hmm. energy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Um, also, young athletes, I think it was. That's when I felt like I was good because I was playing against the guys and I was able to hold my own. Um, I think any tournament um, uptown against the Gazelles, uh, that was the AAU team from Queens. Um, they were pretty good. Uh, women's, well, girls, um, AAU team. And then I think also West 4th Street uh, when I was – West 4th Street and the Rucker, I think I was a freshman. I started playing Unlimited, and I started to hold my own against the grown woman, and that's when I knew that I could probably play pro. So you got all these girls coming up. We, we spoke to, a, you know, a couple, like three. We spoke to three girls yesterday, top 25, so, you know, in their sophomore year. What advice, you know, if you look back at, at you back then, what advice would you give girls just starting high school, coming up, uh, you know, have dreams of playing in the WNBA, following in your footsteps. What kind of advice would you give to to younger girls? I'd probably just tell them to block out all the um, the noise, all the negative uh, energy that people throw out there, and to just be a sponge. Because you know, you rank that high. Like even for myself, you get a little big headed. You think you know everything, but you don't know anything. You know, <laughs> you don't know anything yet at that age. You know what I mean? So just continue to learn and work hard and and learn the game. How is, like, nutrition, nutrition and working out, like, you know, conditioning, has that changed? Obviously, that probably changed from high school to college to NBA. Like, talk to them about the importance of that, because a lot of girls don't understand, and guys don't understand. You know, when you come in from quarter waters and, you know, little Debbies, you know, we got to make some adjustments. So, (laughs) talk about that. Yeah, like, I feel like, uh, I was like just a product of my environment, you know, and then I won't lie, it all tastes good too, right? But uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like three or three years ago, uh, I turned vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, I just feel like it helped me. It helped me to keep the weight off. It helped me to keep the weight off. That helped me with my knees, especially. And um, I just feel better, you know? Um, so I would tell them to take that nutrition really really serious um i even joke and laugh around with my uncle all the time like i was really fat in high school and no one told me you know no <laughs> one told me i wasn't until i got to college right stringer coach stringer is the one who told me i needed to lose weight and still killing mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I laugh at that too because i'm like i had 113 points and i was fat <laughs> right <laughs> that says a lot <laughs> total, total domination so I mean, now, now you, you like you say you're vegan now. What, does that mean you could, you could play forever? You gonna play like you know t- into your forties? Uh, no, I just want to be able to uh, play until I want to stop. Though you know, mm-hmm. but I always say as soon as I'm done, I'm I might eat some chicken, man. You gonna come, Cal? <laughs> <laughs> Get those wings, clip them, <laughs> clip them with the hot sauce. <laughs> so, so check this out. You are from Brooklyn. Check this out. This is beautiful. So, this is how basketball moves. And you're now a national Russian citizen. Is that mm. correct? Yeah. Uh, 
2009, I think, I got my Russian passport. And, I mean, it's been a blessing to have that. I won't, I won't lie to you. And um, just to be able to play overseas, I count as a Russian um, citizen. So, you know, overseas, they allow you two Americans. So I don't count as an American. I allow my team to get more foreigners, basically. You speak Russian? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. What's the whole overseas experience been like? Like, I can't imagine, like, when you were in high school playing ball that, that you would have imagined that you would you would have traveled the world and played against the best players, the greatest players ever to play the game, particularly the overseas part of it. Like, what you know, what is what has that meant to you? And, and how has that made you a different person? I think it's made me more independent. Um, I was a big baby when I was younger, but as soon as you go over there, you don't really have anyone but your teammates. Um, but I just think, like, it was a blessing. I'm able to go to all these different countries that I didn't think that I would and experience that. And um, I'm sorry, what's the second part of your question? No, no, just just what it meant and, like, maybe how it's, how it's changed you as a person. Um, I mean, it's meant a lot. I met a lot of great people along the way. I played with some great players along the way and um, just being able to take care of my family from going over the area, you know? Mm-hmm. Piff, what does it mean to, like, every time I turn around, you and Taj are really doing big things in the community from where you come from. Like, so, first of all, much respect to you for that. Um, I got to give a shout out to my man, Ross Slim for helping me get you on here. I promised him I would do that. That's my guy, another one of my former players. Um, but what, what does that mean to you to give back? Um, it means a lot. Um, I love where I grew up at. I love my community. And to be able to show them that there's ways that you can, um, you can make it out, uh, I just want to be able to go back and show them because I feel like me and Taj, we didn't have that, you know? So I feel like when you have someone who you are accessible to, to show you that um, there's brighter days or there's a, a brighter future for you, I think that that helps out even more. And then it's also cool because the kids that we're helping are the kids of the people we grew up with too, right? So we get to go back and reconnect with everybody. So I think that's pretty cool also. Nice, nice. And y'all have done a great job. Right. Yeah. What do you you see yourself doing after after your playing career? Could you see yourself coaching? Do you want to stay involved in basketball, the business side of basketball, any, or do you want to get just get away from basketball? Like, how how do you view it? Um, I don't know. I love basketball um, too much to just be like I just want to get away from it. Um, But coaching, I don't I don't know if I want to coach, but maybe like. Uh, just be more involved with my AAU team, um, Exodus, and um, try to help them out as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Right. And they play on the Nike circuit, correct? Yeah, EYBL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ba- based, based in Brooklyn? <laughs> nah, uh, in the city, but they get kids from all over. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to get some of them ladies up here. We had New Heights represent last night. True, we got to get some. We got to get the other side. Yeah, yeah, we got to get the other side. Can't be just a New Heights commercial. You know what I mean? No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> Him just put in the plug just now. <laughs> no question. Hey, Pip, who, who uh, first of all, you, you won a championship with one of a legend in Sue Bird. Like, how is it to, you know, tell us about her game. How was it to play with her and 
that experience? Um, Sue is, I mean, she's just dope, man. She's like a coach on the court, um, a coach off the court. Like, just what she knows about the game and how she sees the game to me is just ridiculous. Um, still at year 17, she's throwing some passes, like even in practice in the game, I'm just like, oh, I didn't even see that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's just like she's I'm always in awe just to be around her and then to see how she takes care of her body and um puts so much dedication and hard work into it. Um it was just something I feel like I needed to see to be able to bring my game up to the next level. Right. WNBA, you're a ten year vet, right? I think. Maybe this was my eleventh year. Eleventh year. Um so you've seen you know, you've been you've been in the league for a minute. Um how do you see you know, just thinking about the league and where it is now and where it was when you came in, how, how do you see that evolution and how you see it moving forward? Um, I think that it's taken big strides, you know, um, from my rookie year to now, just now with this new CBA that we negotiated. Um, I think that I think that the WNBA is in good hands. Um, Necker uh, is the president and she does a lot of great things and negotiations. And um, I think that it will continue to move in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that really stood out about the WNBA this year was was the you know you guys just so quick to to speak out about racial issues, social issues. Um, in fact, like you know, you watch the NBA do it; it's almost like they stole it from y'all. I mean, in a good way, it's a good thing to steal, you know. But it's like you, you guys started; you, you guys have been doing that for for years, you know, speaking out on on different topics. Um, is that something that you always that you feel like you always had in you, or does it help that you were in a league where it's almost expected of you? Um, I think that it's something that I've always thought about, but with my personality, I think it's better that I was able to do it with the collective. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about your experiences in the WNBA? Um, like, other than winning the championship. What was your best? I know you played in Chicago and you know different cities. What city did like really stand out to you as the one that you loved to embrace, other than New York, of course? So it would probably just be um, Chicago. I mean, I was in Vegas um, last year for the end of the season, but um, and they had great fans too. But I was in Chicago for a couple years, and uh, we was able to to build something um, from not making the playoffs my first couple of seasons to making it to the championship um, and losing in the championship. So I would have to say Chicago. And even now to this day, like all the Chicago fans, they still show me love. Shout out to Chicago once again. I I set her up for that because I was born in (laughs) Illinois, Piff. So I needed a shout out. (laughs) I needed a Chicago shout out. Shout out to my mother and my aunts in Chicago. All right, that was for you. I never knew you were you were born there. Yeah, I was born in Illinois, only six months, so that's why you never knew. <laughs> <laughs> it came, it, you came straight to Brooklyn after straight that. Straight to Brooklyn. Straight to Brooklyn. <laughs> straight BK after that. Yep. And you played you played with the Liberty. What for? How many years was it? Just was it one? Rank four. Four years. And so, what was it like playing? You know, in New York. Did you enjoy it? Of course. Like yeah. every kid from New York, they uh, dream of playing in a garden. And I was able to play in the garden every night, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Just, I don't know, I used to always call the garden my home from the PSAL because I knew we would make it there every year. But um, <laughs> right. it was like a different feeling to be able to play there as a professional. And um, 
it's true what they say about New York fans too. Um, <laughs> you got to really have tough skin to play here. And um, I don't know, I just embraced it and loved it. To be able to play in front of my family and my friends too, because I was always overseas and then right afterward I would go to Chicago. But so they wouldn't really be able to be at my games, but to have them at my games too, that was special. Pip, who are like the top three or four players you've ever played against? Mm. Um, I would say Diana Taurasi, Simone Augustus. Um, I'm saying like for guards because that's yeah, guards, I, yeah, that's your matchup, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't think of them off the top of my head. Um, Those two stand out though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. When you were in high school, and like you said, you were top, you were first, you know, best in the country, then rated, in the, you know, top three. Um, did you ever, um, did, you, did you have any idea, like, the talent that was out there, like, once you got into to college and then the WNBA, did you, did you have any idea, like, how, how good the competition was that was out there? Um. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if I thought about that. I just, I don't know. I just always thought that in New York, we had the best players because, excuse me, it was always me and Tina and we were flip-flopping, right? And we're both from New York. So I just felt like if we had the best, the best talent. Um, but when I did go to like the, the camps and stuff, there were girls who were good and um, girls above my class and in my class that were good, but I don't know. I just had a confidence that I was the best. Mm-hmm. I got to go back to my high school as a coach, all right? And I said, if I'm a if I'm a high school coach at Christ the King, and then, you know, they're, they're premier in Catholic school, Bob Mackey at the time, shout out to Bob Mackey. I don't know if he's still there, but how am I not going to bring Epiphany Prince to Christ the King. How much pressure did you get? How much recruiting did you get coming out of junior high school? And what made you go to Murray? Well, Murray Bertram was like the Lincoln High School of, of boys back in the day. It's but, crazy because I wanted to go to Christ the King. Mm, Christ the King, y'all messed up, see? <laughs> I wanted to go to Christ the King, but my uncle, uh, Mooney, he was just like, you know, Christ the King had a rule. You had to play freshman your your, your first year. And he was, my uncle thinks the world of me. Like, he, he thinks I'm the best thing that happened to basketball. You have to understand this, too, right? So, <laughs> so I'm like, it's okay. I'll, I'll go play freshman. I can play freshman with Tina. He's like, no, Shamiko Hosko didn't play freshman. You're not playing freshman. And that was it. I went to Murray Bertram after that. <laughs> wow. Wow. So was it, was it a rule or not? If, if, if Shamika didn't play? Oh. I mean, it was it was the basketball team's rule, but I guess they make the exception. And uh-huh. I guess Uncle wanted the exception to apply to me also. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the same exception, uh, Jamal, that I applied for Deron Lamb and Javon Pinkston. <laughs> they played varsity. That's what I was going to say. I was like, you made them play? They played freshman? No, hey. sir. <laughs> I had to cut the deal for them to come, so I understand <laughs> the language. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm, not, I'm happy that... Um, I went to Bertram. I mean, we always ended up playing Christ the King and we beat them and made it that much sweeter, you know? Mm, but right. even to get back to your question about one of my youth games, it would have to be my sophomore year and um, the state championship when we, we beat Christ the King. Um, I had 38 points. Uh, we came back from behind. We came and we beat them. That's, we actually won the national championship that year too. 
Mm. Nice. So if you do stay in basketball, you said maybe probably not coaching. Would you can you see yourself in, in the front office like a gen, general manager, um, you know, president of an organization, something of that nature? I don't know. I mean, if if that opportunity presents itself, but um, I wouldn't go looking for it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it sounds like for sure you're going to get back into the, the youth sports area with the AAU squad like that's. You know, that sounds like the thing you, you can I mean, definitely yeah, see. Yourself doing. I, already, I already do some mm-hmm. stuff with them. So I think when I have more time, I for sure want to be more involved with them. And when, when you when you talk to girls, um, you know, younger girls playing ball, what are the questions you get most? Or, you know, what do they want to talk to you about the most? How am I able to stay in the league this long? Um, what did I have to do to make it in college and also at this level? And was I really that good? <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They don't challenge. They don't challenge you to like one on one games and stuff like that. I mean, I know they they hear stories about you know how I was in high school, but they didn't witness it, so I would ask too. Uh-huh. Right. You can't have a better uh, mentor than you. You know, like you said, like same same circumstances came up. You know, went through public school, dominated. And you know, and a and a ten plus year career in the WNBA. I mean, that's uh, you talk to these girls. That's that's what that's what they aspire to be. So right. It's a straight up inspiration. Piff, is there a difference between the game overseas and in the WNBA? Is there a different style? Um, I wouldn't say it's a different style, but I'll say it's a difference because you know, in the WNBA, you have the top one hundred and forty four players in the world. And, you know, over there, so, like, from everybody down the roster, they can play, you know what I mean? Right. Over there, you might have some young girls mixed in, and they're good, and they have potential, but they're just not at that level yet. So, I, I would, for sure, always rank the WNBA as a tougher league, you know? Right, right. But the pay is better overseas than WNBA, right? <laughs> She's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> Or it gets everybody to keep going over there so much, you know? Right. So we got to generate some of that money over here. It's here. Right. They just got to so, do better. Yeah, speaking of that, because, you know, you, the women never get the credit for that, like in terms of how, like, the toll on, on the body and and how much you guys actually have to play. And WNBA, you know, is a summer league. You're basically coming off a full season and you play another season in the summer. Give me yeah, like, What's that? Yeah, it's year long. Uh, uh-huh. No rest at all. I mean, we get rest probably in between each league, 14 days. Um, wow. We get a, a 10-day Christmas break. And then once May come, you're back going to training camp. And how, how do you look at that? Is it like it's just it is what it is? Uh, do you wish do you wish things were different? Do you, you know how? To- of course, I wish things were different. Yeah. I, I wish that I didn't have to fly across the country. I mean, across the world to uh, to go and make good money. But you know, it is what it is. Um, and I've learned to just come to terms with it and embrace it and enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. Do you see down the line? I mean, you know, I look at it like. Even the, in the NBA, you could look at the NBA in the seventies. Like not many, nobody was was watching, and it it took a while to grow, and it finally grew, and now it's you know a billion dollar industry. I kind of look at the WNBA as like, you know, it's on it's on an upward trajectory, and there's going to be yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, we're still a young league, mm-hmm. you know, so I think that within time we'll get there. 
Mm -hmm. I hope and pray, but until then, we're going to grind it out and and try to make it better for the next generation. Fifth, talk about the night that you heard your name. I think you were number four, fourth, fourth pick in the draft. Like, talk about that night, all that anticipation of hearing your name called, you know, the, the, the hoopla with your family. What, what was that like? You know, it was, it was like draft night was kind of different for me because, you know, I went overseas early. Okay. Records after my junior year and I went to play overseas. And um, so my team overseas wouldn't let me come to the draft. So I was watching it on um, the computer with some of my, my teammates, the Americans that I played with at the time. And my mom and dad went to the draft for me. Um, I don't think I was nervous or anything. Um, my agent told me what, what it was going to be, and I was just waiting for them to call my name. I mean, right. if, if I didn't get called at number four, I think after that I would have been worried. But um, she set it up for so I can be in Chicago, um, and I was just happy. Um, at the time, I was playing with Sylvia Faust, so I knew that it would be a cool transition to be able to go there with her because she was already there. Um, she was their franchise player. And um, I don't know, I, w- I, was, I was excited, but I always say that I don't know how it would have been if I was there, you know? Right, right. Plus, you already professional, so that helped. The money was coming in. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. So yeah. what else? I mean, you got your championship. What, what, what else do you, do you want to do in, this, in the game as a player? Like, what else do you feel like you... I mean, I don't. I would assume you have nothing else you you feel like you have to prove. But what else do you want to accomplish? Um, for me personally, um, I want every league that I played in except for Russian league. So for me, I want to win a Russian league championship. Oh wow! Okay. And you said you 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 you're out. You travel out to Russia when? I don't know. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my okay. But soon? Is it is it like in the next <laughs> month or so? Wow. So yeah, no, no, no rest. Wow. So Russian championship, here we come, baby. Bring it back. <laughs> don't, Bring it back. Yeah, don't don't bet against her. Bring it back to Myrtle Avenue, Pip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where 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 exactly in Fort Greene did you grow up? Um, St. Edwards between Park and Myrtle. Okay. It's mm-hmm. like right across the street from Fort Greene Park. Oh, City Park, and on the other side of the the murder album side is Fort Greene Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when you are you living in Brooklyn now, or what, where do you stay when you're back in the city? Long Island. Okay. Okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We you. won't we won't ask the yeah. address. Don't worry. No, no, no. You know, what I'm saying undisclosed locations <laughs> out here. <laughs> Drink your herbal tea. You're good, Pip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Pip. Thanks for having me. For yeah. sure. I appreciate you guys. Anytime you want, I'll be back. All right. Th- shout out to Ra and um, Fort Green, Murray Bertram, and everybody affiliated with a PIF. We appreciate you coming on. Really do appreciate Thank it, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, All right. Epiphany Prince, uh, like we said, WNBA champion, guard Seattle, Storm. Uh, she's done it all, man. Every level, she's a, she's 
obviously an inspiration and a role model to all uh, you know young young players, especially from the New York City area, because she showed you exactly you know how you can get it done. Yes, sir. And Don Imus, keep our sister's <laughs> name out your mouth. All right, we got yeah, yeah. Queens over here, man. Yeah, it's a rap for it's a rap for him. The rap for that, well represented. Mm-hmm. Um, we appreciate her for coming on. Up next podcast, once again, we have um, some guest stars coming in, coming up next week. Uh, please follow our Instagram page at, at Up Next, and also follow our Twitter page at Up Next underscore Pod. Right, right. So, you know. Uh, a lot, lot going on, and, and on the on the podcast side, uh, keep listening. You know, tell a friend if you like the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the podcast. That helps a great deal in terms of getting the podcast circulated. And like Khalid said, follow us on the Instagram page on the Instagram page at UpNextPod and Twitter at UpNext underscore Pod. As always, we keep bringing you great content. So. We will be, you'll, you know, you'll hear from us very soon. We got, we got a lot, we got a lot in the bag already. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we'll be back uh, next yes, next week at the latest. Yes. Peace, everybody. Peace. Coaches used to call my phone. What you doing? Just got home. Practice making perfect, perfect timing. Put me in my zone. Two, three, thirty-two, thirty-three like thirty-two. Time to put on for your city when they never heard of you, ball player. Ain't no watching from the side. Uh, picking up them pieces, ain't no limits in the sky. Uh, said you got up next, but gon' show them why. Uh, one, two, that's a three. Now take your shot, ball player. Bishop Lachlan, purple and gold, that's a flex. Uh, Kylie Green, got me a scally for he left. Uh, Joe Cash, something like dollars on the check. Uh, they had then, I got now. Now guess who next? Uh,